This is the Teacher Mindset Coach Podcast, episode number 59. Hey, did you know that my Cards Against Educators game went viral the other day on TikTok? Literally thousands of teachers have downloaded the free version. Have you? If you haven't, go to my bio on TikTok and Instagram, click on that link tree and it's your first button. Or if you're in Apple Podcasts or right here at Buzzsprout, go to the show notes and click on that link tree in my show notes, click on the first button. You will not be disappointed. I have no doubt that hundreds, if not thousands of teachers are going to be getting together with my game in their hands, laughing their ass off at our own profession. And if you would tag me on social teacher mindset coach and use my hashtag cards against educators, I would love nothing more. It's almost like I'd be invited to your party without me having to be weird and invite myself to your party. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. This is part two of a two-part interview that I did with Coach Ray, and we continue our conversation about relationships, building with students, behaviors, and how teachers can do better for their kids. The same way I want to be treated as an adult, I bring that to the kids that I encounter. Yeah. I'm not going to treat y'all because one kid on my, my, in my position group on the football team mess up. I'm not yelling at everybody. Right. Talk to the one kid. Right. But I'm going to talk to, uh, listen, this is why I, this, okay, cool. Me and you have to practice. We're going to talk. I ain't going to take, uh, now, now granted, they'll run. I'll make them run as a unit, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to like berate them. No, we're going to get this right. Yeah. Because we're a team. So yeah, I got to punish the team in that factor, but I'm not yelling at all six kids in my position group. Right. Yelling at right. the one, but that's after practice. When mm. nobody's around, because mm. I don't want mm. them to feel ostracized in front of their peers. Yeah, yeah. That's another. That's why I said remove them from the scenario. Because if you got to get at them, there's gonna be sometimes when you got to get at the kid. Right. Rem- don't do it in front of their peers. Oh yeah, for sure. Don't do it because if the principal come down to your room in a faculty meeting, not in your room, sorry, y'all in a faculty meeting, and he point or she, they point right at you, mm. and they ream you in front of everybody. Right. How you gonna feel? Mm-hmm. That's how kids feel. The same right. feeling you have, that's how that kid feels right. when you do it, when you embarrass that kid in front of their, their peers. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I, ne- I never, in the beginning, I did. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Oh, in me too. I did because I didn't know any better. Yeah, me too. You know, I thought shame I, was it. Like shame is going to kid- yeah. Shame is gonna change kids the way I want them to be. <laughs> that, makes, that makes them hate you. Oh, yes. Yes. They already get backfires. They already getting yelled at at home. Gosh, yes. They come to school. School's supposed to be a learning process, partially, and a release from the stresses of home. That's why they, you know, they'll tell you, I don't like that teacher, but I love this one. It's not by chance. It's because this one teacher B doesn't care about them. Right. If we want to be real, they don't care. And they know they don't care about them. <laughs> I catch myself doing it occasionally, but my awareness of this not being like shaming kids, just not being a good strategy is what really has helped me. So an example from the library, kids at my school, they just lose library books. This is just a thing (laughs) that they do. And instead of me fighting against it and, and using shame as the motivator for them to find their books, this, the stance that I use now is, I tell them how much I believe in them, that they are so good at finding things 
that um, I, I have faith in them and I believe in them that they will find their library books. And then I, t- I give them an out. I tell them, and if you don't, it's going to be okay. Like, I don't tell them that it's going to, you know, I don't leave them like in mystery of like, oh, am I going to be in trouble? Oh, am I going to have to ask my parents for money when we don't have any money? Like, I tell them you're really good at finding things. So you're probably going to find them because their their immediate um, thing that they tell me is that they the books disappeared. Right. And so I say, well, that doesn't happen in real life. But, you know, I bet you probably just haven't looked for them. And so I tell them how much I believe in them, that they are going to find these books. And if they don't, it's going to be okay. And so they, there's no shame involved in this whole story from beginning to end, because I've already told them, if you don't find the books, it will be okay. So you're not um, telling them it's going on your permanent record. You're not- <laughs> no, because, you know, number one, they're elementary. And so much of their life is like out of their control. So like there's been times when it's like, oh, well, my mom threw my backpack in the garbage and that really did happen. And then there is a situation where the the car got repossessed and the library books were in the car. And like, there's no reason why I should hold that over a kid's head when it's completely out of their control. Exactly. So talk a little bit about what you notice at the high school level as far as, you know, with shame and like what you've learned in your years and in your experience. One of the big things, and this is the biggest pet peeve of mine, is when we have some educators that seek out moments to embarrass kids or Mm -hmm. to prove their authority. Like you follow this kid to their next class just to fuss at them about something they did in the last class. Right. Or well, as a coach, one of the biggest things that I hate is when a kid, when I'm sorry, excuse me, not a kid, but when a teacher will walk out on a practice field to, to oh. tell me something that a kid did when they could have emailed me. Oh, uh-huh. Like, you come out to the practice field to say, yeah, and point at them. I had this happen before. Oh. I had this happen before. And this is not even just high school. When I was work, when I was coaching middle school football, I had this happen where a teacher came to the practice to tell me in front of the kids who messed up in their class and was pointing at them. Mm. I'm like, this is why y'all have my email. This is why yeah, y'all have my cell yeah. phone number. Don't do that. I, right. I'm not sitting here. I not one thing I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm not going to discipline the kid if they, mm-hmm. you know, they've done something wrong in your class. Please don't assume that I'm one of those coaches who's not going to, you know, handle the handle the kid. Right. Um, but I'm not like email me. Don't shame that kid. Don't right. follow the kid around. Don't follow the kid around the building and embarrass them, mm-hmm. and, and before their next class, or you find them in the hallway to yell at them in front of their peers. Don't do that. Right. Again, this goes back to what I said earlier. Hey, at the class, stay and talk to me. If not, cool. Then I'll email your parents so they'll know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Notice I said email. I didn't say stop class to yeah. call the parent in front of all the kids. Why do that? Yeah, that's that that heightens me up so much when I'm hearing, well, I, I stopped class and called their mom. Why? Mm-hmm. What, what what did that moment do that you couldn't wait until the class ended to call the parent or email the parent? So you right. put them on blast. Now he getting now they getting that that child is getting looked at by their peers like, dang, they just called your mom uh-huh. in class. 
<laughs> right. Why and then that? the teacher is losing the class time that they're complaining that the student has taken away. <laughs> you see how it works? All you know, the kids are in classroom time as an adult. Well, you stopped and took a 10 minute phone call. Right. To a parent, that's 10 minutes gone. On top of the three minutes you went back and forth with the kid, that's 13 minutes right there, gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you going to blame the kid for it? You created the other 10 out of the 13 minutes. <laughs> so why blame the kid? Right. And then this gets me thinking about like, if you had a recommendation, speaking of time, if you had a recommendation for the amount of time that teachers should intentionally focus on building relationships with their students, what would you, um, what would you suggest? It, I would say, honestly, the first 10 minutes of class, mm -hmm. create a randomly create a fun icebreaker mm -hmm. randomly, just out of nowhere. Don't I, let's be real. I know <laughs> that everybody has to follow the, the, the schedule right. that the school system set. But there is no law that says you can't take five to 10 minutes to just do a get to know you segment. Yeah. To just yeah. chat with your kids, even if it's at the last 10 minutes of class. All right. Lectures done. Kids have worked for 40 minutes on top of the lecture. Yeah. All right. Cool. The next 10 minutes. Let's just chat. Yeah. Let's just chat. Like, it ain't going to. Oh, my God. We got to keep with the 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 time. We got to keep with the SOL strategy. We got to keep with this. We got to keep with that. Yeah. Listen, we don't like it any more than these kids. Mm -hmm. So sometimes break the monotony, break the monotony. Hey, the last 10 minutes of class today, if everybody do what they're supposed to do, we're going to sit and we just going to talk. Yeah. We're going to talk about movie, whatever y'all want to talk about. That's it. 10 minutes. Yeah. And watch the kid. Cause they're gonna be like, Oh, we went class. We talked about this movie, blah, blah, blah. Now here's where it comes as an, ed as the educator, you got to keep control of what's said. Mm -hmm. So you lay that out. Hey, listen, ain't no curse words, ain't no vulgar uh, language. Right. You know, no, and we're not going to be disrespectful to one another. I'm laying this out there now. And when mm -hmm. they, if it happens, don't, all right, we're done because somebody cursed. No. Okay. Slow down. All right, they're yeah. kids. They're going to make that mistake. Okay. Listen, hey, we already talked about this. We said we weren't going to use foul language. Let's try to keep with it because if it happens again, then we got to stop this. And I don't want to stop it mm -hmm. because if we stop it, then y'all not going to get y'all time. Right. See I, the difference between, Oh, you curse. We're done. It's over. Yeah. They kids. They're going to make the mistake. Uh -huh. They're going to make them. And I'm not saying be so lenient to where they get their way. But what I'm saying is you control the dynamic as the adult. Mm -hmm. Hey, I gave you this is your warning. No more curse words. No, no vulgar language. That's your warning. All right. Then if they do it again. OK, that's it. That's two. Or you give them the amount that they're going to have. You got three chances. Once they get to that third, be consistent. I said three, it's over. Wait, 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 give us another chance. Yeah, no, I gave yeah. you three. Uh -huh. I gave you, I gave you three. But try it again another day. Yeah. Yeah. Try it again. Don't just, nah, last time y'all couldn't do it, so we ain't doing it no more. No, the kids. Help mm -hmm. help them grow into your routine. Help them grow into what you like. Help them grow into how you want them to behave. That's your control. Yeah. And the ones that don't fall in line, eventually, here's what happens. This is the funny part. Eventually, the other students will start checking those kids that ain't listening because they right. don't want to do it. <laughs> hey, you about to mess up our chill time. What you uh -huh. doing? Hey, hey, no, chill out with that. Well, you about, he can he go? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, <laughs> 
can we send him somewhere else? Because I want to chill. Like, right. You know, that's what happens on the high school level. It happens. No, no, he messing it. I don't don't let him mess it up for everybody. He got to yeah. go. Yeah. But because you set the you set the parameters, you put the control dynamic there, and you you not only gave them their warnings and they failed, but you gave them another chance. They're gonna thank you for like, oh, he just didn't give up on us, or they just didn't give up on us because we made a mistake for giving us another chance. They're yeah, gonna so- enjoy it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, I was just going to say that that's a great way to um, segue into probably just our last few minutes of how can you help teachers understand, like, yes, we are the leaders of the classroom as far as the teaching and the curriculum and the content, but the, how, what would you say to teachers who need a little boost in the leadership area of like, we are the leader of this classroom climate, the culture and the relationships. Like how can teachers lead in that area for their kids? Think about your home, right? And here's something that I've said, even to my students at church, here's something I said, you are the thermostat, not the thermometer. Oh, wow. I say this, think about your home. The, the, how your home moves is how you move as a parent. Yeah. You're the thermostat at home. You have to be the thermostat in your class. You set the temperature. How these kids respond is based upon how you operate. Mm. Now, that doesn't say that there are some anomalies because let's be real, these kids are different. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a different breed. This is a different generation. But you set the temperature. If you are angry and engaging with everything a student says, guess what's going to happen in your classroom? It's going to become a territory for arguments and frustration. It's going to become a territory for uh, disgruntle and transgression because you set that temperature. But if you set that room and you say, hey, listen, first week, I always tell a lot of young teachers, first week of school, you let them know who you are. Yeah. Hey, listen, um, this is my rules. These are my boundaries. And you have to be consistent no matter how much you love the kid. Yeah. No matter. You can't let any leeway happen. I don't care. You know, you got that one kid that you just love a little bit. You're like, that's my dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if, they, if they mess up, they get the same punishment everybody else gets. Because guess what? Yeah. If you set that temperature, it'll, I mean, I'm sorry. If you, yeah, you set that temperature, it'll stay to where you put it at. In the wintertime, as a, as a parent, you set a temperature in the house for the heater, right? Yeah. And you don't deviate from, it doesn't deviate until you change it. Mm. So it has to be the same way in the classroom. I set the tone in my room. Right. I set the temperature. It changes based off me. If the kids see that I can keep my cool and I can keep, and I, 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 I can be professionally rude, if that makes any sense. Mm. I can check a kid professionally, but keep my demeanor in check. Right. Now that kid doesn't know which way to turn. Oh, man, it's, they ain't even raise their voice, but they, you know, man. Right. Because, you know, like, and for, as a pet, my stepdaughter, for sake of argument, like, one of the things about her is she can't get a read on me sometimes mm. because my tone doesn't change. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same tone. So you, you don't know whether I'm upset or, or, or happy. But because I set the temperature in certain areas and I'm not going to let you dictate my mood mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as an as working in education as a coach. Yeah, there are some days as a coach, I'm different. 
because this is the, we, we working with winners. We got to win. But again, personally, and in the classroom, you ain't about to shift my mood. I don't even let teachers do that. Right. You can just get out of my face. That's what you're going to do. I'm going about your business. I had a teacher last year. He come to me just out of nowhere, just rude. Why did you leave your room door open? Because the door is unlocked and kids can walk through and take stuff. First of all, I don't know who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Let's clear that up right now. I'm not one of these <laughs> students in the building. Let me clear it up right now. You might think just because I work in in-school suspension that you sometimes you can pump me. You got the game twisted. I don't roll right. like that. Right. I give the same respect that I deserve back. And if you ever come across me like that again, you and I are gonna have a real problem. Uh-huh. I've had, I, I, I didn't raise my voice. I was straightforward. And that's it. Haven't had a problem with that teacher since. Yeah. Why? Because I set the temperature for my room. Because mm-hmm. you, you, I didn't catch her in the hallway. She came in my room. So you're not about to bring that energy in my room. True. Yeah. So that's the same way with students. Don't let them bring the energy you don't want in the room. Mm-hmm. When you react to them, you change the temperature in your room. Set that temperature. Hey, this room is positivity. It's encouraging. It's love. Mm-hmm. And that's what you stick with. When one kid makes you shift and you say something out of pocket to hurt that kid feelings and you don't reset it, mm-hmm. now you've ruined the temperature of the room. If you, it's going to happen. You're going to, we're, we're human. Mm-hmm. We're going to make that mistake and we're going to say something to hurt a kid eventually, you know, at some point. It's inevitable. But you have to be the adult and say, I'm sorry. Right. Because if you don't reset that, you've now shifted the temperature in your room. Now there's a kid with animosity and excuse me, animosity towards you. Mm-hmm. When all you had to do was just be like, I apologize. I shouldn't have came at you like that. And they might be mad for a day, but eventually you'll get over it. But you reset the temperature. You reset right. it to where you had it before. And or that's even, the main thing. And I'm even sorry, like whenever, whenever earlier when you were saying like giving a kid who has their head down, even just telling them like, I see that you're upset about something. I'm going to give you five minutes to keep your head down and I'm going to come back instead of being like, we don't put our heads down in here, do we? (laughs) You know, class, do we put our heads down? uh (laughs) (laughs) I want to put my head down in the faculty meeting sometimes. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Um, well, well, in our in our last few minutes, um, this has certainly flown by. I mean, we're already at an hour. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. I know. I mean, we could talk about this all day for sure. And really, th- at the end of the day, we know, just like we spoke about before, we know that when we help teachers be more effective at building relationships, at I love the analogy that you use with be the thermostat, the one in control, instead of just the one, you know, taking the temperature and being like, it's terrible in here. It's, you know, that I think that was a really good analogy of, of helping teachers remember the power that we truly have over controlling things in our classroom environment that affect the kids, like shockwaves out to the kids our attitude and our choice of words and our approach with kids uh, really does affect almost everything. Like I think about, cause sometimes the sixth graders will come into the library and I'm looking up at them cause I'm five foot nothing and they're six foot three. And I have to keep, I have to tell myself that is a child. Mm-hmm. That is a six foot three <laughs> child. 
child. And yeah, they I, look grown. Yes, they, look, they grown. look grown, but they're not. When I center myself and I remind myself, like, this boy might be huge and towering over him, but he could still be, like, so scared of me calling him out on something. You know, like, that's just something that I think yeah. we should be reminded of. But we, any final last words of wisdom? Very simple. Just remember why you're here. Mm -hmm. Remember why you chose and keyword chose to mm -hmm. be in this position, because there are a lot of teachers who settled because they didn't get the job that they really wanted because they maybe have went to law school and became a history teacher because they didn't get the, the law firm they want. Mm -hmm. But you chose to be there. You didn't have to sign that contract. And because you did, you now inherently become a person that's set to help change these kids lives for the better. Right. So work your tail off to help change, help change the ones that want to be helped. Eric Thomas said it best, help who you're helping. Yeah. Yeah. Help who you're helping, but love all of them because they don't, a lot of them don't, they don't know who they are yet, but it's our job to help them figure out who they're going to become. Right. And we can do that through very, very simple relationship building strategies, even when it seems like it doesn't work because it didn't work with one or two kids. Do not give up. That's another give thing up. I want teachers to know is don't give up because you wouldn't want a teacher giving up on your personal child. Right. And this is the future of our country we're talking about. <laughs> and I'll say this last point before I, under, this is something that I've come to learn. It ain't the kid's fault. Mm. A lot of them are in environments where they're not being taught or shown how to act in public places or even in school because their parents didn't behave in school. Right. So imagine you got a generation of kids that are being raised by disgruntled kids that when they were in school. Right. So don't fault these kids. Just mm -hmm. give them your best. And if you if you give them your best and they don't listen, guess what? You can you can you can keep your head up right. because you chose to keep giving them your best. You chose to keep loving them. What they do in the long term is not on you but still Absolutely. love them in the process. Absolutely. So how can teachers find you? If, if somebody wants to reach out, are you willing to, you know, tell us, um, you know, if somebody really is um, tuned in to this podcast episode and they're like, man, I've got to reach out to uh, Coach Ray, how would they do that? They can reach me on all social media platforms at Coach Ray Inspires. That's it. I okay. kept it as simple as possible. Yeah. And my, my email is coach Ray inspires at gmail.com. Okay. Coach Ray inspires at gmail.com. Well, again, thank you so much. This was so much fun and I really got a lot of benefit just me personally from it. So thank you for talking with us today. Oh no. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Okay. And we'll be in touch. I'll see you on TikTok. Oh, of course. We got to, we got to keep supporting each other. Much love. All right. All right. Bye coach. Bye. Don't miss your chance to be the coolest teacher at happy hour. Get my Cards Against Educators game today by going to the link in my bio or in this podcast, the show notes will have the links for you to download your free version and also get your hands on the pre-printed high quality cards shipped directly to you. So don't miss out and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.